as for me and my production, it's me and two other people in our office. You know, I, I have what's considered my my um, my my team team leader. She she orchestrates it all. And then we have Lila on our side. She's our underwriting specialist. She's been a processor the majority of her time. So it's really an organizer of it all. Me and our, um, you know, underwriting specialist. Now, when a file becomes active, we do turn it over to an actual processor who's supposed to take it to the end. Welcome to Loan Officer Growth, the podcast that helps loan officers grow their business, increase their success, and have more freedom. Hey, man, Renee, how are you? And I'm doing great. Thank you for having me today. You bet. You bet. Renee Jocks, how... How long have we known each other? Oh man, I think we're going on it. I'm gonna say it's it's definitely over two years. Are we go, approaching three? Is that what it is? I think so. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome knowing you. Yeah, it has been, and uh, I I will say, and I've said it before, say it again. Um, you've absolutely been the catalyst for helping changing our business as a whole. I'm going on year 21, but if I met you right after year 18, things are way different now than it was when we first met. So I thank you a ton for that transformation. Well, I appreciate that, man. Renee Jacques is president and CEO of Golden Bay Mortgage. Outside, what, not outside, you're in Sacramento, right? That's correct. <laughs> cool. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started, all that fun stuff. Yeah, well, um, like I mentioned, I'm on year 21, but going back to the origination of it, I came up to Sacramento from the Bay Area, came up to Sacramento State to play basketball in 1998. One of my friends that was in school at the time uh, stopped going to class because he he was taking a job as a loan officer in town and he started doing really, really well. Um, once I was graduating with a business degree out of Sacramento State, I thought I wanted to get into real estate since I knew more people in the Bay Area than I did in Sacramento area. I thought lending would be the best thing for me because, um, you know, not being set to a certain area is really what the genesis of that was. I'm very thankful that I got into this side. I love this side of it. Yeah. Um, knowing what I know about the industry now and, um, and, you know, got right into it. We built uh, up and learned through a good run up until the crash of 2007, 2008, during that crash, I learned even more about myself and about the business than ever um, and wasn't sure if I was going to make it through. Somehow did make it to the other side. And, um, you know, yep. one of the best industries in, uh, out there. I really love what we do. And we have built a company from just me, my business partner, Cam, and one assistant. to now we're up to 36 people in the company. So short cliff nose version of how we got to where we are now. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And you, um, so you kind of flew by that real quick, but you played college basketball for Sacramento state, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. We, um, I was, I got here the, the year, the second year, excuse me. Yeah. The second year that they went division one. So, uh, I get to say that I was a division one athlete, um, in high school, I went to St. Joseph in Alameda. That's most known for where Jason Kidd went to school. We, uh, I had I was in some on some incredible teams uh, in uh, right before I got to college. So we were top twenty five in the nation for high school. Wow! My track team had 
Matt Barnes and Carlos Boozer on it, who both had great careers in the NBA. We were top five in the nation. So although I wasn't one of the most talented in any way, shape or form, I got to see some of the best uh, basketball in the entire country practice and games. Um, and it led me up to Sacramento State. We weren't as successful in, 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 close to what it was in high school, but that's where I really, really understood the difference of, of being an individual and having a team. Everything is right. team referred to a lot of the sports uh, background is kind of how we structured the mortgage company. So big, big building block and, and a foundation for my business career. Yeah. And you've, you've trained, has transitioned the right word? You've transitioned from sports to business very well. And you actually wrote a book and I have it here for those of you that are only listening. I'm holding up the athlete's advantage um, in business. And so tell us a little bit about the book and what made you decide to write that and how you incorporate, you know, uh, sports into business. And it, it is the foundation. It is incorporated incorporated in every way, shape, or form. Um, in a nutshell, I, I didn't realize at the time how much sports was setting me up for all the things that I was going to need um, it, just as an adult, but specifically in business. I did have um, someone that was close to me that as my career was continuing to progress and I started seeing and hitting some these milestones, um, they thought that... Um, my next step was to write a book. And uh, my, my initial reaction was write a book. I, I, don't, I don't even like to read much, you know, <laughs> like that wasn't my thing. I'm a big self-help guy. I listen to a lot of audiobooks now, but reading wasn't my thing growing up. I was a sports guy and I'm a numbers guy. That's what got me into finance and everything like that. Um, it's an influential person that said that. And I took it to heart. It, I had to think about for a while, if I was going to write a book, what that was going to consist of. And the two things that I'm extremely passionate about is, is sports and business. So it's called The Athlete's Advantage in Business. I wanted to tell my story of how I referred back to the things that I learned during that time and use it today in the business uh, world. But at right. the same time, I turned it into a, um, a research project. I interviewed four incredibly successful ex-athletes and wanted to draw the correlation between it. So I learned a lot. What a great process. I can't believe it's still a thing. I luckily teamed up with a great um, person and company that puts out a lot of books and we were able to go Amazon bestseller in both the US and Canada. So I'm extremely proud of my first ditch effort into putting my story out. Very cool. Very cool. So let's like, what's your, what's a, what's a big goal you have in the next 90 days? What do you want to accomplish? Yeah, 90 days. That's short term. <laughs> short term one. Uh, I, I know one one is executing what you've been putting on my plate for a while now is really honing in on, you know, we, we're a big team in this office, but we try to continue to use people in their highest and best. I realize that even though I'm great at the side that crunches numbers, I'm great at the side that basically is processing, you know, talking to underwriters, even though I'm great at that stuff, it's not my highest and best. And my team has really taken it on their shoulders to get me out of the process and allow me to get out there and continue to bring business in. And it, you know, we always have these goals that are certain amount of deals and uh, monetary, sometimes it's numbers and everything like that. This is more of an execution of the theory that you've 
instilled in us and really trying to put it into play to where this this whole machine works with everybody in the right places and everything. So the next 90 days with me being out of the office more and originating more, I just want to see if the things that we have put in place now can uh, start to really take traction because I've empowered my team to really handle the process when a file becomes active and things like that, meeting our clients in the beginning. Um, I love doing that stuff. So it's hard for me to take my fingers off of it, but I'm empowering them to take it to the next level. And I think that's going to allow us all to bring up. So the next 90 days is the execution of the theory that you've implanted into us. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, it's been really hard to implement, but I think we're really close. So what is your internal, You and I know you have a big team because you're running the, the whole company, but what does your internal team look like? What is that? Yeah. Great, great question. And, and, and so, yes, there's 36 people in my company, but as for me and my production, it's me and two other people in our office. You know, I, I have what's considered my, my, um, my, my team, team leader. She, she orchestrates it all. And then we have Leela on our side. She's our underwriting specialist. She's been a processor the majority of her time. So it's really an organizer of it all, me and our, um, you know, underwriting specialists. Now, when a file becomes active, we do turn it over to an actual processor who's supposed to take it to the end. But Leela still stays on control of the communication with the client, the agents, and making sure the file continues to move forward. But although the company is fairly big, it's really three of us executing and, and you know, we have the ability, we, I've, I've closed um, over 250 loans in, in a calendar year with no marketing, just by referral, working with agents and developing relationships. Just the three of us are able to handle, you know, 300 plus loans on any given year with, uh, with the right process, obviously turning it over to processors when it becomes active. But that's, that's what this small team can do is execute something to that, to that uh, scale. That's awesome. Who who was your first hire? And then if you mm. did it all over, would that position still be your first hire? Oh man. Oof. You remember I, back in the day, who was your first hire? I, you know what? I think when we started, because it, it was me and Cam and one assistant who started and Cam is my business partner. He's an incredible loan officer now, but he came on the processing side and he was the main processor in the beginning. I believe in the beginning, we just kept acquiring loan officer talent. So it wasn't uh, a situation where it was part of the operations um, in the beginning. He, we'd bring on more loan officers, he would process. When we got the right amount of business, then we got other processors. But I do feel, I, I, I would say we're, we're nine years old as a company right now. I would say the first three, four years, we were kind of just winging it. You know, We right. didn't have to help us with structure and things like that. If I were to do it all over again, I know the virtual assistants changed our process. I would have, I would have had two or three virtual assistants from the beginning when it was just three of us in the company from the beginning because of what they're able to do, not only on processing side, but not only on some client facing side, but they, they do a little bit of everything for us. I think we would have been able to get bigger, faster if we would have known that was something that we can implement into our company right away. Just the organization of it all, lead management, follow-up, uh, working on ver verifications of employment, just a lot of the tedious work that we took on ourselves. 
hampered us from getting to the numbers that we wanted to in the beginning. And that would have been a quick fix uh, of people that we think are, you know, we, I don't, can, when I say 36 people, they're not in that number of that. So really we're, we're basically 40 people in the company when we include our virtual assistants. Right, right. Now that's awesome. So what, so basically having them do the busy work, doing things in the background while you guys letting you open up to be more, you know, do more prospecting and doing the right activities. hundred percent agree with that statement, but really the genesis of it all is the acts of freedom. I mean, it's such a basic concept in, in the freedom club and we've all kind of been through it, but we find out how much time and effort we're putting into things that can be done by somebody who specializes in it and everything like that. Um, the organization of it all, you know, it, it's just an eye opening experience to look at everything you're doing on a daily basis and find out, you know, we, we know how busy we are. That, there's no question about that. We're crazy busy, but are we busy doing the right things? And that's right. what the freedom really opened our eyes to. And that's where, you know, not only people that we have in office, but those virtual assistants made all the difference going forward. Once we had the aha moment going through that acts of freedom. Yes. Yes. So, so in, in, as part of that acts of freedom, we like to look at what do we do that we love? What do we mm -hmm. do that we're good at? And what do we do that brings in money? So tell us about what do you love the most about what you do personally? Uh, and, and I like I referred to not too long ago, there's a lot of parts of this process that I really like and I feel like I'm really good at. I'm uh uh, like an analytic mind. So I like figuring out problems. So the difficult things, talking with AEs and seeing, putting a file together and everything like that. I do truly enjoy doing that, but it isn't my highest and best. Um, I guess as a person in general, the reason why, because we're, we're in a sales position, obviously, but I, there's nothing salesy about me. I, I genuinely like to understand and hear about different client scenario, what led them up to this point and you know, buying a home. Uh, you see what their income looks like. So I ask a lot of questions when it comes to that because I love people's story um, because that is a natural thing for me wanting to, to know about people, understand them. And that's the way I can help them at their highest and best. Where my highest and best is, is out there meeting people, asking questions and, and uh, creating those relationships. The more I know about a real estate agent and what their ultimate goals are, it helps me with their clients and how we set set up the files for for their clients and how we can support them. So that that's that's the part I enjoy the most. I, um, that's that's me still figuring out some problems. When I understand you, I can help figure out how to make their day more efficient. Everybody doesn't get to speak with someone like you and, and somebody that's kind of putting them in the right direction because I've learned a lot from you and the entire freedom club. That's what I do on a small scale with the people that I work around with. Right. That's nice. So, so we all have fear. How have you worked through fear? Oh man. Uh, this last 18 months, um, fear has been, um, there every step of the way. It's incredibly humbling. It's, it, it leads to fire. Um, you know, full disclosure, everybody in this industry has seen the difference between production. Now, I still had great production last year, but now because I'm the owner of the company, my dollars have gone towards keeping everybody on board. We've grown 
you know, we, we started 2022 with 24 people. We're now at 36 people. But during that process, not letting people go and trying to keep the, the talent, because we have the right people on the bus. That's been something that weighs heavily on me. I'm proud of where we are right now, but there's been a constant fear of one, am I doing the right thing? Because I still have family. I have three kids, uh, a, a wife that I is my priority. So, you know, the fear of, am I doing right by them? The fear of, are we going to be able to keep everybody on board? The fear of some, you know, being going on year 21 in the industry, if it gets to a point where we can't keep the doors open, that's been there. That's stuff that you is is readily there and it's a motivating thing. I have good and bad days, but I know every every morning do whatever it takes to get myself in the right mindset to lead a group of incredible people to to continue to get through to the other side of what this market is. It isn't my first time through a bad market, so it's not like it's surprising me, but we didn't think this was going to be this long. We didn't know the Fed was going to jack rates up to seven and a half. And there's right. a lot of companies that haven't made it through. So fear, um, I try to use fear in a good way. It's it's a motivating thing for me. It's not a crippling thing. And, um, you know, again, proud of where we are as a company, feeling like things are turning a little bit, uh, going in the right direction. We're seeing some better numbers. And um, that's due to the hard work that's going on in the most scary times that I've had as a, as a company owner. Yeah. And you make you made a really good point in in that is you do whatever it takes. That's correct. It's it's like Carl White was talking about that the other day. It's there's there's a big difference between people that do whatever it takes or do the best they can. Because when you listen to a concession speech, what do they say? We did the best we could, right? And it's it is doing whatever it takes. So that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So I, what, I, oh, go I, ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say it, it, we we put some. We all have our limitations in our own head. I've been lucky enough and I, I I pull on the sports side of things a lot to know that that our minds trick us into some things that we think we're towards the what our capabilities are. But, you know, I'm continuing to find ways to push through things that I didn't think were possible. And since I know that in the back of my head, I, I just refuse to have these limiting thoughts to to really paralyze me from not being able to take that next step. Right. Well, you do something in your office I think is so cool. You have a um, an internal book club. Tell tell us about that. Oh man, that book club! I love it. Um, and my loan officers and operations staff they love it as well. We we normally vote on a book to go through, but you know each week is just read one chapter and we come back and we take notes and we roundtable it. It has become almost a therapy session for me. You know, depending on what the topic is. Because, you know, we just finished uh, the book and I had read it before, but a lot of my team hadn't. It was uh, never split the difference. So we're talking about a lot of sales stuff. You know, it's it's a, a negotiation um, type of book, but it really peels back the curtain on how companies market towards us. And the reason why we take information when it's said a certain way and differently, and it really, really, uh, helps us understand things, you know, outside of this office as well. It is super cool. So, you know, going through this book again, and we all write down our notes and we share our notes and everybody puts uh, their own view of it in. And we're developing inside and outside of this office. Books like that help obviously with sales, but at the same time, 
it helps with how we even communicate with our spouses at home, how we communicate with our kids at home. We're trying to build uh, our, our ourselves and develop ourselves inside and outside of this office. So, you know, when I say we have the right people, we all share a passion for trying to get better. Uh, we try to always default to going above and beyond for our clients and our referral partners and things like that. If that's not naturally in you, we don't, you, you won't fit here. Right. So this is one of the tools that we use to help develop what our desire is, is to get better. Uh, and it's been so awesome. It's, it's a great, great session on a weekly basis is going through uh, our takes on these chapters of the book. So what, um, what other books have you guys done in that book club? Like what, I, I guess, what would be a book that you recommend other loan officers out here? Yeah, uh, I mean, the two staples are Never Split the Difference and Flip the Script are uh, are two of them that we've gone through as a book club. We just, uh, the, prior to going back to Never Split the Difference, we read The Power of a Positive Team. How cool is it to go mm -hmm. through a team-laden book with your entire team is what it is uh, and, and how we pull the best out of each other. Um, so that, that one was great. I hadn't read that one before. So that was my first time through and shared with them. Um, and, and so those are the three most recent ones that we have, but we're open to a lot of them. I have I, I, my, my, um, my library and my phone for audible is, 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 uh, laden with a lot of incredible ones. So, you know, things like it takes what it takes. It's the mind coach for uh, Russell Wilson that um, passed not too long ago. What an incredible book. It's just the, the mindset stuff is so good um, in my in, um, in my side of it. So things like that, a, a lot of the basic ones are in my, my thing, my library, but I like doing it. It's different when I go through it with the team than what it was when I went through it myself every right. single time. So I now want to recycle a lot of the things that I read before because you start to put because we're always trying to find out, hey, how can we put this talk track into our day-to-day -day with our clients? You know, we're trying to see how we can implement. So we, un I understand it all. We've, we've read it before, but how can you implement? When you go through book club, that's the topics that we are. We're breaking it down and seeing how we can implement stuff uh, in there. And that's why it's a different experience. Right. That's awesome. That's mm -hmm. cool. So... So imagine this, we, you've achieved all your life goals tomorrow. <laughs> What's next for you? What do you do next? Oh man. Um, I, I give so much thanks to sports and how it, it helped me out. Um, one of the things I always wanted to do is to go into coaching and sport, especially at the high school level, because I feel like that was the fork in the road for me. I um, still talk all the time with some of my coaches from back then as well. So, you know, if I was to have all things that um, were, were accomplished, it would definitely be get back into coaching. I, I, I was aware enough when I was young to see that most of my coaches struggled with money and things like that. And my, I, again, my priority is the family. So my goal was always get into business, make sure we had uh, money streams that were coming in that were dependable because if I were to coach, I never wanted the stress of life to, to make it to where I couldn't concentrate a hundred percent on the kids. Hmm. And, um, and because I don't half-ass anything, whatever I say that I'm going to do, I'm going to do it because of that. I knew I didn't want to half-ass coach. I wanted when I, when coaching became the time, 
I wanted to give it my all and be able to talk some of these mindset things into the kids, um, really tell them the whys behind it. I was always that kid. When you tell me to do something, I wanted to know why. <laughs> I, I right. love explaining the whys and put it into context of what they're going to see later on in life. So that would be, that would be, uh, that is a dream of mine that I'm sure I will, will do at some point. That's cool. That's awesome, man. I love that perspective too. Yeah, definitely. Want to give back, man. I, I, I'm here for it, it. I would say it's more luck than skill. Obviously I put a lot of work in as well, but um, along the way, people who invested in me are the reason why I'm here. And I really, I really understand that to be the case. That's awesome. So last question I have, what words of encouragement do you have for loan officers out there right now in these current times that we're in? Well, um, if you're listening to this right now, you're a loan officer, I'm sure it's not ideal. Um, maybe some are, uh, but you know, always know that you can do more. I want to say, um, and reveal to you that, yes, this isn't my first time through a bad market. Um, I went through the crash and thought it might be the end of my career. Then I have referred to the crash of the market for the last 15 years as the best thing to ever happen to me. Hmm. I had a loan officer uh, who who started before rates start coming down and it was extremely hard for him. I believe he's like seven or eight years into it. So he came in when it was just purchase only and he was struggling, struggling, struggling. Obviously when rates came down, he got to see the fruit of his labor. I just know the professionals that stay in this industry for the long term, most of them were built in times like this. And it sucks getting up every single morning when you know maybe you have things that are on your mind and the money's not coming in where it is. Just know this is the foundation to become a superstar in the industry. So enjoy this time. I know it's not fun, but what I'm saying is pay attention to it. Feel it. It's a motivating factor. The reason why I went through that crash and what took my uh, career off afterwards is because I never wanted that feeling again. And to go right. through this portion of it, and still close the amount of transactions that I did last year. I mean, I, I you know, that, that my best years before uh, the crash happened was last year for me, which I consider one of my worst years coming up is uh, ends up being to where it's was better than my best years back in the day. So just continue to build through these tough times. It's a foundation for greatness. It seriously, seriously is. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much, Renee, for being on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Pleasure to be on. Thank you so much for having me. So cool. All right. Well, next episode, look forward to you guys being on it. Go ahead and uh, do a review if you can. That would be awesome. That's really the only call to action I have today is review us and look forward to the next call. I look forward to talking to you, Renee. Thank you so much. Thank you.